Science on the Menu, a podcast by the European Food Safety Authority. Hello listeners and thanks very much for joining us today on this latest episode of Science on the Menu, EFSA's podcast. My name is James Ramsey, I'm the Head of Communications at EFSA and today we're going to be talking about avian influenza. So avian influenza is a topic that's featured prominently in the media in recent days uh, and to talk us through uh, what the virus is all about uh, and also the work that we're doing here at EFSA, we're joined by one of our animal health experts, Francesca Baldinelli. Francesca, a very warm welcome. Before we, we dive into things, maybe you could just tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm a vet, uh, graduated in Italy. I'm Italian and I'm an epidemiologist with a PhD in epidemiology and a postgraduate diploma in animal health. Before arriving to EFSA, I did several um, work in other institutes, and I will say that my main work was at the National Institute in Italy for Public Health, where I've been working for years on zoonotic diseases, so diseases that can be transmitted from animals to humans and vice versa. And then in the National Epidemiology Center in, uh, in Italy, still working again on uh, zoonotic diseases. Then I arrived to EFSA and uh, I thought I was working only on animal diseases, but of mm. course uh, we are in a bigger framework, the one of One Health. So mm -hmm. when we talk about human, about uh, animal health issues, they can also develop as a human health issues. Yeah, okay. And that maybe we come on to that in a bit. That's this yeah. I, the concept of kind of One Health. And uh, I presume, I mean, we're not working in isolation there, are we? we? We work with other EU agencies on these kinds of things. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I presume you also have some experience working in the field as well? Yes, I have it. Not really as a normal vet, let's say, or what you can expect from a vet, because I've never been doing clinics or chirurgy surgery. But I've been doing epidemiological work in the field, working with uh, roe deer or uh, feral cats in islands, uh, isolated. But I should admit that, uh, I mean, really ahead of thinking about the possibility of working in EFSA and with avian flu, I also had uh, field experience with avian influenza. Okay. Yeah. And in what sense? You uh, yeah, uh, that's because my husband is an ornithologist okay. and uh, I've been supporting him. I mean, years ago, we are talking about 2007 and six, uh, uh, supporting him to take uh, sample swaps from uh, ringed wild birds to be there later analyzed by the ARL uh, for avian flu. Let's talk a bit then about what avian influenza actually is. Can you just explain in, in kind of broad terms, you know, what, what the virus is about, um, where, the, where it comes from, um, you know, how long we've been living with it, these kinds of things? Yes. So first of all, avian influenza is a virus. I think mm -hmm. we are all more familiar after the COVID time with what a virus is. Mm -hmm. And the avian flu virus is really similar to the COVID in the sense that it is a so-called RNA virus. So it's a virus that when uh, multiplicated inside an host can mutate uh, with a certain level of frequency, like the COVID. When there mm -hmm. are RNA, 
it is inside their uh, behavior to mutate. So when we talk about avian flu, we're not necessarily talking about the same thing that we are seeing mentioned in, in the media today. It's a huge universe. So okay. we have one type of virus that can have different subtype according to the different protein uh, that can change. And then we have different uh, uh, clades, the different strains. So it's really uh, a very huge universe. Okay. And the virus evolves. And uh, we are seeing now viruses that emerged only two years ago or a few years ago. And uh, of course, we can. what we see is always just a part of what is outside because it really depends on what we are monitoring and uh, the type of uh, surveillance we are doing to really monitor the evolution of the viruses. But I presume, uh, hopefully it goes without saying, that you know the systems we have in place for monitoring and surveillance now are obviously much much improved and continue to improve on a you know on, on a day-to-day basis almost uh, when it comes to uh, the emergence of new viruses and these kinds of things. And I, EFSA has a role here as well. Yes, yes. Oh. We have, a, I would say, a very good system to monitor in the union the evolution of avian influenza viruses. It's a... Um, a continuous collaboration among different institutions in the union. So EFSA for the animal health side, then we have the ACDC uh, from the human side. Yeah, and this then, is the European Centre for Disease Prevention and right, Control. Right, yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have the great collaboration from the Union Reference Laboratories mm-hmm. for uh, avian influenza located here in Italy, which is uh, analysing the genetics of the viruses. So as I mentioned before, you know, now uh, there's a lot of of kind of public interest, media interest in in this topic. And you you could say um, increased concern. Um, But but why do you why do you think this? uh, Why do you think this has happened recently? What is it about uh, avian influenza now, which makes us a bit more, you know, alert? And and why are we talking about this now? Since 2020, October 2020, we are observing and facing the biggest epidemic ever in uh, Europe. So that's clear, that's indicated by the data. We had in the last epi- in the last epidemiological year more than 6,000 cases in birth, which is really uh, a very high number of detection of avian flu. We are talking about highly pathogenic avian influenza virus in, uh, in birth. And this is raising concerns about the persistence of those virus in Europe. So let me give you some background in relation to the expected expectation on avian influenza because it is considered a seasonal disease. So it mm-hmm. appears in Europe in birds with the uh, migratory birds coming from outside the Union into the Union to winter here. Yeah. And they can bring the virus along their migration route. Then during the winter, it is expected that the virus is transmitted between wild birds, but also from wild birds to the poultry. So the domestic birds we raise in the industry. And when there is the migration back from uh, of those uh, wild birds, mainly water birds from the Union or from Europe, toward outside in Asia for the breeding season, it usually disappears. It means that during the summer, there are only few cases of avian flu detected and expected, mm-hmm. or no cases at all, as it was in the in the past years. Whereas uh, after October 2020, we have seen a continuous detection of cases also during the summer. 
something completely unexpected and new. And what is even more new is the fact that the virus was detected in wild bird species, which were never or very rarely affected before. So these things combined, I guess, starts to raise a little bit the, the attention of scientists, those working in public health, animal health, uh, that something slightly different and unusual is going on here. So it no longer can be considered or seasonal in the same way that it was before. We see, yeah, it, yeah. we see it present in, in new bird species. Okay. Yes. And, and, and there are also other signs of uh, unusual um, presence of the viruses because this very high environmental contamination led to the continuous detection of cases also into poultry. Mm-hmm. and also to the detection of the viruses in mammals, okay. which are susceptible to highly pathogenic avian flu because this is, a, a, let's say, a poultry or a birth diseases, mm-hmm. but it can be also transmitted to humans and yep. to mammals. Yeah. And this is what we have been observing since November, let's say, 2020. Okay. And the number of mammal cases, also these species are a little bit increasing and also, let's say, worrying a little bit because yeah. we cannot really predict what will happen in the no. future. But we know that there's a very high environmental contamination uh, concerns all of us. In fact, I, I read, I mean, it's been found in, in maybe in mammal species that you wouldn't expect at all, like, uh, I don't know, sea lions and... Uh, yeah, yeah that, so. that, that, that's a very, I mean... Uh, unusual situation that was found in Peru and Chile Mm -hmm. in the past weeks. And uh, I mean, when you find a mammal infected, it's because most probably he had eaten an infected bird. So Mm -hmm. it's an isolated case, let's say, of a predator or a scavenging that has eaten a bird with the virus. But in this case, there were more than 600 sea lions that... And uh, from the analysis, it is proven that it was the avian flu virus causing the death of those animals. So that would suggest that there's a kind of sea lion to sea lion transmission. This is the hypothesis that yeah. cannot be proven, okay. of course, but it is also very unusual to find, in that case, uh, 100 of carcasses of sea lions floating all together in one spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so suggests... Uh, between mammals transmission or from or acquisition of the virus from the environment. So I guess this is where uh, I mean, okay, w- when the the virus is is present in in bird populations, we see that. I mean, that's obviously um, a big issue. So what do we know about the risks to human health at the moment from this? Uh, yes, this of, virus? of course, human to human transmission has not been observed up to now okay. for this virus. And what I can say is that we work closely with ACDC and the ARL. And according to ACDC, the risk of transmission to humans, to the general population, let's say, is still low, whereas the risk of transmission to occupational exposed people, so people working with birds in the farm uh, because of culling activities or other activities, is considered ranging from low to moderate. But there is really a high uncertainty related to the fact that the virus is uh, continuously mutating. 
so important there to say when we talk about um, human cases, we, we're talking there about humans who have uh, have got the virus directly from animals. We're not talking about humans passing the virus, uh, you know, among themselves. Exactly. There we say still the risk. Uh, so animal to human transmission, we say is uh, the risk is low for the general population. Maybe increased a bit for people working who are exposed, uh, you know, maybe occupationally to to, to working with um, with birds. Um, what are we doing either at EFSA or, you know, among the scientists who are working on this at an EU level to uh, to prepare, to get ready in case, uh, you know, we, we arrive at this uh, unfortunate situation where we have human to human transmission? Yeah, that's a very, I mean, uh, interesting point. And this goes behind EFSA scope, but our ACDC colleagues are working on this. So, they are preparing for this. I mean, uh, and uh, in the really unfortunate event of this will be will become true. But up to now, there have been no human to human transmission. So you mentioned that uh, the risk to the general population is low. Um, is there any risk to humans, though, through uh, exposure via food? EFSA has estimated the risk of transmission by heating the poultry uh, very, I mean, negligible negligible. Mm -hmm. okay. So we should consider that poultry in Europe are under surveillance. They are tested in case of any signs and uh, uh, highly pathogenic avian influenza in poultry is a very severe disease. So when it's there, uh, most of the time you can see it, you detect it. And of, of course, those animals are not destined to the human consumption. We reinforce this message. So negligible risk of acquiring avian influenza virus by heating um, chicken, let's say. Okay, that's good to know. Just just a bit more on what EFSA is doing. So uh, we, we have these quarterly reports, don't we, that we produce um, on request of the European Commission. And that provides a kind of update on the status of the epidemiology, how the, the, the virus is, uh, uh, is developing, if you like, uh, what we observe of the virus. Uh, in the EU and and maybe outside as well. So, uh, what did we find in uh, what did we find there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have this mandate from received from the Commission to give every three months an update of the situation, mm -hmm. and this will serve the Commission, the member states, for taking any decision on how to face or control what is going on. And we received recently a request to give a more frequent update starting from now and also to issue a new report not foreseen. Um, so the main changes are that since December up to beginning of March, we are observing an unexpected number of cases in one specific wild bird categories in girls. Okay. So girls were never, I mean, not never, but very rarely affected before December. And now most of the cases in the wild birds are concentrated in this uh, bird category. Okay. Does that, I mean, does that uh, raise a specific concern or it's just, I mean, it's just an observation that we make that, 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 you know, it can be found, avian influenza can be found in new bird species. It's an observation. It mm. happened in the past that new wild bird species were maintaining and spreading around the virus. Now is the turn of the girls. Yeah. And of course, then we need to consider the ecology of these uh, uh, species uh, because they are, um, let's call them uh, um, urban species. They are frequently uh, within the city in contact with us. So mm -hmm. we will need to consider a different kind of exposure. Yeah. And according to where they will migrate from now onward, they might bring with them the viruses. 
Okay, so we're working with uh, with the ECDC, European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control, on these regular reports. And this gives an overview of the situation, as you said, as far as avian influenza is concerned. Do we produce recommendations as well? Sure, we produce recommendations every three months. And from, I mean, different perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, let's say that the main, for example, in relation to the poultry are, of course, to uh, increase the surveillance in poultry to early detect any cases and to react immediately to stop the epidemic, to stop the spread. Then if I think about possible cases in wild birds for the general uh, population, the main recommendation is, of course, not to touch any uh, dead or sick wild birds you could find. And of course, this has to be done if you are well protected with personal protective equipment. What about um, the situation with vaccinations? Um, I, I mean, there, there was an announcement recently, the European Commission announced uh, rules to harmonise the use of uh, vaccines in the member states. Um, are we involved at all in any work on, on vaccines? Yes, we are involved and the Commission harmonised the rules across the member states. Uh, according to the international rules for vaccinating against highly pathogenic avian influenza. So mm -hmm. following the uh, WOA standard, which yeah. is the World Animal Health Organization. Yeah. At the same time, the Commission has also mandated EFSA to assess uh, possible vaccination strategies in poultry and possible surveillance strategies in vaccinated poultry in the Union. And we are okay. working on it. Okay. And when's that uh, due? Um, uh, after the summer, the first part about vaccination strategies mm -hmm. and available vaccines that could be used against uh, avian flu. And next year, March, uh, we will deliver a second part of this work, focusing mainly on surveillance. Good. Uh, well, Francesca, thank you very much. Um, I think you've given us really a very comprehensive view but explain very clearly uh, about the avian inf influenza, the work we're doing, what it means uh, for, for Europe and, and what we should be looking out for in the future as far as uh, uh, EFSA's work is concerned and the work of our, our partner agencies in um, the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. And, um, maybe we can get you back on the podcast uh, you know, in the future at some point to update us again in case the situation changes. Sure. Thank you very much. That's it for today, listeners. Thanks very much for joining us on this episode of Science on the Menu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do subscribe. And if you want more information on the topic of avian influenza, I would recommend checking out the podcast of our sister agency, the European Centre for Disease Prevention and Control. Thank you very much and look forward to seeing you on the next episode.